You're listening to the Live Happier Longer podcast, episode 42. Welcome to the Live Happier Longer podcast. We're your hosts, Molly Watts and Angela McDade. We are here to help you build the five habits of a happier, longer life and to create your habit mindset starting now. Hey, Angela. Hey, Molly. How are you? I am not too bad. Yourself? Excellent. We're, we both were saying, come on, sunshine. Come on, sunshine. It's, it's peeping. It's a little <laughs> odd in, a, mm-hmm. in August, I will yeah. say. I'd like it to just come back out, stay here. Yeah. But that's our daily weather report yeah, over. Right. Exactly. <laughs> on with the show. Weather, <laughs> weather from Oregon, always. Oh, so today we are talking about the science, I guess, or the brain science kind of behind habits. Mm -hmm. And I think that we should very first and foremost say... Disclaimer. (laughs) Yes. We are not neurologists. We Mm -hmm. are not neuroscientists. We know you thought that we were. I know, right? (laughs) Well, we know most of, if anyone's listened, they know that we kind of have a closet dream of becoming Mm -hmm. neuroscientists. We're not psychiatrists. We're not psychologists. Um, We're just... Readers of people who are students of brain science. And certainly over the last two years, we've spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time diving into this research. So I'd say we're uh, comfortably further down the path than people that don't have any, uh, you know, knowledge whatsoever. Mm -hmm. We're certainly not experts in this subject matter. Um, But we are very interested in it. And we're interested in it for a few reasons. Um, First, you know, we talk about our habit mindset mm-hmm. a lot um, and developing our five habits of a happier, longer life. And as we kind of pointed out last week in our first episode, we realized along the path that building habits was actually something that people yeah. really struggle with. Mm-hmm. And that and that's the key to our, yeah. our five. Like it's, it's a thing you, you do on a regular basis. So you have to figure out how to You have to actually make that do happen. it. Yeah. yeah. You can't just talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um it and it turns out that we're not uh that we're not alone in that. There's just any habit that people it's interesting and then we've done stud I've read studies this in preparing for this episode about people that go into, uh, you know, they go into a motivational seminar, they listen to, uh, they talked even about those being taught all about uh, the five daily fruits and vegetables, eating your Mm -hmm, five mm -hmm. servings of uh, fruits and vegetables. And when they come out, when they came out of that uh, seminar, uh, like 42% of the people thought that is a fantastic idea. I'm going to implement that. Mm -hmm. Six months later, um, like 11% had actually done it. Yeah. So it's the understanding it and really um, and digesting what habits you should be using and what mm-hmm. habits you should be forming is one part, but then actually doing it, doing it and creating the habits is a whole nother, a whole nother idea. And to that end, we wanted to dive in a little bit more this season on the actual process of building habits. And, and the very first and foremost thing about that is understanding our to understanding at least at a very basic level mm-hmm. how our brains do that yeah um so that's kind of what this episode is about and we made the disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> that we're not neurologists and even if we were here's mm-hmm. the thing 
what science knows about the brain even today in 2019 and how far we have come mm -hmm. from, say, back in the you know early 1900s is not, uh, we, we still, what we don't know about the brain probably still, still yeah. outweighs what we do exactly. know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so even the most gifted neuroscientists uh, know that they don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's a continual learning uh, even for the experts. But it's exciting. It's mm -hmm. really, um, it's exciting uh, research and exciting science. So we're really going to just stick to the 10,000 foot view of the brain because, mm -hmm. you know, you could get um, <laughs> really quickly mm -hmm. just even in the, um, even in the basic, uh, you know, areas of the brain and the basic anatomy of the brain. Mm -hmm. Good gravy. Yeah. There's a lot there right yeah. so um what we want to really uh stick to is understanding the difference between the the primitive function of the brain mm -hmm. and the executive function of the brain and how those two intermingle to um how to build habits and yeah. really how to just how we how they function in us on a daily basis mm -hmm. i've said it before but i think that one of the things that we have really been impressed with as we have studied our five daily actions and studied five for life and studied the brain and aging is that our brains are just really amazing they're completely yeah. changeable adaptable moldable and you know learning things and learning new habits and changing behaviors are not age-based at all no and and the more the more we read into it the more we discover that actually you can change your brain that was was not thought. Yeah. You know, not that very long ago, people just thought that that was it. It was your, you, were you get stuck. to a certain age and that was you, you were done and it was a deterioration and it's not, which has been a nice, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> a it's, nice surprise. <laughs> yes. And also, you know, we've, we've talked about on the podcast before, um, not only changing your brains, uh, neural pathways and learning new things, but also protecting your yeah. brain and it's your brain health mm -hmm. and how um, there are things that you can do to, uh, you know, in a preventative way to offset some of the problems that happen mm -hmm. with aging and that are associated with, uh, you know, uh, as you age deterioration, just like you said, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. there are things that happen in the brain that, that do, uh, happen yeah, just, as a result of aging yeah i mean there there is deterioration in your entire body there's yeah. there's no getting away from that yep and your brain is as part of that but there are absolutely things you can do to prevent the the symptoms of that deterioration mm -hmm. which ultimately is that's that's the bottom line right you don't want to be th those deteriorations are going to happen but you don't want to be dealing with uh the, the, uh, yeah, that you the, want to be able to have a, a a path to combat those things. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's the symptoms that people fear, not the actual right, right deterioration I mean, itself. Right. right. If you can if you can offset those symptoms with mm -hmm. by doing things, you will. Um, so this this episode, we're really talking about um, again about how the brain incorporates habits into our lives mm -hmm. um, because it's a huge part of our life and we talk about it in terms of making a planned outcome and mm -hmm. understanding that you don't get to that planned outcome you know we don't we say you don't get to live that longer 
happier life if you don't have a plan and if you don't Mm -hmm. take action on that plan and develop these habits. And what habits really are, um, are the brain's kind of internal driver, right? Mm -hmm. They, They basically take things that we do repeatedly and they put them into an automation mode. Yeah. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because there's some things that we do automatically that we probably shouldn't don't want to be doing, Mm -hmm. but we have the power to create habits that are good for us. Mm -hmm. And hopefully if we can automate them, which is the goal, then they become the fabric of our lives really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're the fabric of our days. Um, and I've, I've, you know, I say it all the time. It's not the, it's not the height of our goals. It's the, it's the level of our systems that really define what we, what we accomplish. Um, that's from, you know, James Clear. I love to quote him. That being said, 40% of our daily activities are habits. Mm-hmm. I don't know that people are, I mean, <laughs> are you, uh, and, and when you get down to it, the whole idea that 40% of what we do is habit, most of us aren't even, you know, aware of creating those habits. Yeah. We, yeah. And if you sat down and, and wrote down all the things you do, like from the minute you step out of your bed in the morning, mm-hmm. you would realize how many things right. you just do. Automatically. Mm-hmm. And most of us didn't really spend any time thinking about creating mm-hmm. that habit. You know, that's the important part. And that when you understand that, it's like, okay, so the brain really takes over and creates the habit for you. And it does, it does it for a reason. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of a cool, I mean, it's really, you know, again, when you look at the evolution of our brains, it's just an amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing thing. Mm -hmm. It does it because it wants us to, to become its sole desires to be more efficient and to be, to find the easiest path without using at least amount of energy yeah Mm -hmm. and so then it can basically when it uh when it relegates something to habit Mm -hmm. to this internal system into the lower part of our brain that primitive brain um then it frees up our our prefrontal cortex to be able to think about you know doing other things yeah well deeper thoughts and really important Mm -hmm. things like what's for dinner yeah (laughs) (laughs) or other more important things (laughs) but uh you know the downside though as we mentioned is that some of our habits are so internalized that we may not even be aware of them Mm -hmm. and some of them that that can even include like emotional responses that have become habits because we learned them as children yeah and and they were repeated and repeated and repeated right and Mm -hmm. they were and it was a part of that and they were based on those kind of reactions of that primitive brain Mm -hmm. so let's talk about that let's start kind of talking about the two different we're gonna like i said ten thousand foot view (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna talk about the two kind of systems in terms of the two different levels i guess it's more um what i would liken to be the uh, emotional brain right mm-hmm. so we have more of a primitive brain that's our emotional brain and then our prefrontal cortex which is a more higher level thing. yeah mm-hmm. and really evolution wise there we call it also more primitive because that brain has existed existed back in the days of the caveman yeah and, yeah, and it was just 
survival mode. Right. And so that's, that's where it came from. And now as, as the brain has developed over the last 50,000 years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, this, the human beings have developed a larger frontal cortex, a larger cerebrum. And that's why we always talk about it in terms of, you know, people saying, you know, got to use your higher level, your executive Mm -hmm. function, all of that. It exists because humans have, have uh, yeah. evolved. Yeah, well, look, we're, we're all sitting here in houses and right. we can go to the store and buy food. <laughs> we're putting out know. podcasts on the internet. Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> but that, that primitive brain was all about, you know, finding food, finding shelter mm-hmm. and surviving. That's, right. that's not an issue we have to deal with now, you know. No, and sadly, like that, that primitive brain, the limbic system is another Uh, term that people use for that primitive type emotional brain like I'm talking about and the reason I'm making that distinction is because the most primitive part of our brain is actually the cerebellum which is down at which is not in this area it's it's located down closer to the brain stem down at Mm -hmm. the base of our brain and that is one of the older like one of the oldest pieces of our brain it exists even it existed even in animals prior to um humans Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. before humans even existed so that is what they people you know making that distinction that may be the one of the most primitive parts of the brain Mm -hmm. we're talking more about primitive emotional brain Mm -hmm. because again the brain just in higher level beings and as opposed to other mammals right Mm -hmm. we have more gray matter yeah and our brains have evolved and the front part of our brain which is larger now is it's evolved there for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the world's a far in a far more complicated place. Yeah. And but still it's this this is interesting, an interesting statistic. The brain has only evolved by ten percent in the past fifty thousand years. Yeah. Which is <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's so we think that we are so evolved. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what's gonna happen fifty thousand years from now? They'll be looking back on, uh, you know, us and thinking, yeah, wow, they did. People did that. (laughs) (laughs) They did not have much going on in their brains. But um, according to evolutionary psychologists, um, most of our brain is still living back there in Mm -hmm. the past. Mm -hmm. We have this prefrontal cortex, but, you know, and we're equipped to deal with this modern world. But uh, 90% of us is still like back in the cave, you know, looking around. Foraging for food. Yeah. (laughs) You know, keeping predators out and also trying to mitigate risk and stick with things that are Mm -hmm. familiar to us. Safe. Yeah, safe. Exactly. And it's why we typically dismiss things that we don't understand very well. Mm -hmm. Right. Our brain just goes, oh, yeah, that's that seems like it might be scary. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be an enemy. It might be safe is actually a great this I'll do this. This is safe, right? You're you're not going out of your out of your zone, right? Right. But the reason that it's important to get out of that primitive brain, okay? The primitive brain says, oh, "Okay, there's a tiger coming at me. Run!" Right? Mm-hmm. It does not foresee uh, type two diabetes mm-hmm. and think, "Oh, danger." Yeah. It's not set up for that kind of reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where the prefrontal cortex has to step in and mm-hmm. go, oh, okay, my long-term goal is to not 
develop mm-hmm. type 2 diabetes. So I need to change my eating habits. It has the ability to plan for the future mm-hmm. and not just immediately respond to mm-hmm. imminent danger, right? Yeah. Even though, <laughs> right, you're more likely to die of type 2 diabetes than a shark attack or a mm-hmm. terrorist attack or things like that. But you you talk to your primitive brain about those a shark or a terror and you mm-hmm. get really scared and really yeah. nervous and anxious and you cannot uh, elicit the same response mm-hmm. for type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. even though it is more dangerous right yeah so it's really it, it's yeah okay all right I know it diverged but you know this is definitely the the, <laughs> the problem of uh for me of brain science <laughs> there's like rabbit holes like every yeah, other it's a every whole way web. turn <laughs> and it's whole part of that web you're <laughs> yeah you you're just going start down. going anyway okay so the thing about the primitive brain is that it's really um, focused on not only just avoiding pain and avoiding fear it's also a pleasure seeking mm-hmm. area right which yep. is how we you know figured out how to keep the species going mm-hmm. right and also just, you know, that's why when food tastes good, we, yeah. you know, it's all. And that pleasure seeking is a big part of um, why habits uh, can get formed and why they often fail as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to talk about that n- more next week in terms of what the actual process of forming those habits looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, th- the the actual step-by-step kind of process. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's important to understand that the primitive brain uh, plays a role Mm -hmm. in developing habits. Yeah. Both of them do. So it's, it's coordinating them together. So like we said, um, the, the thing about uh, habits that a lot of people um, fail to see is that a lot of habits are created unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Um, they're carried out automatically and they really exist because they um, have been done re- repetitively time and time again. Mm-hmm. And it's that repetition that is what happens, what what builds up the, the, the habit formation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You and I, everybody, I think most people have heard of uh, Ivan Pavlov. Yes, Pavlov's <laughs> and, bell. Yeah, and this, so, I mean, talk about brain science, right? This mm-hmm. is 1904 when yeah. he developed this, when he developed what has also been called, um, not, I mean, Pavlovian response, things like mm-hmm. that, but conditioned responses. Yeah. Um, it's important, though, in terms of, just like I said, understanding how habits are formed and that, uh, you know, that primitive response, mm-hmm. because really Pavlov was dialing into that. Mm-hmm. He really didn't set about trying to find out this whole idea of conditioned training. He was really working on d- digestion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, And this this is what he discovered in his, his process. Yes. And, and, and he was talking about dogs. So let's mm-hmm. let's first and foremost say we know that you're not dogs and we're not <laughs> trying, to, you're, not, you're probably not trying to create a habit of salivating more. But yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the the idea of classical conditioning is important, and here's why. So it goes the, like this: Pavlov's um, Pavlov's research. 
first you pair two things together, right? A stimulus, which in this case was food Mm -hmm. for the dog, and you get a response like salivating. Mm -hmm. All right, dog sees the food, starts to salivate. Then you do you add an additional response. I mean, an additional stimulus. So you put the food, mm-hmm. you ring the bell, you ring the bell, and what the happens? Dog salivates. The dog salivates, yes. So over time, you remove the original stimulus, you take mm-hmm. away the food, you ring the bell, and <laughs> you still get the same response. The salivating dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you think about that in terms of how habits are formed, let's take a look at it as if uh, when people are smoking. Right? Mm-hmm. This is definitely a negative yep. um, habit, but you know, important to understand. So the stimulus first is they see a cigarette, mm-hmm. they and it results in them lighting up, yeah, and smoking the cigarette. All right. Over time, we add seeing the cigarette, the feeling of then adding in feeling of boredom as mm-hmm. the second stimulus. Yeah. And then they still they just still light up and smoke cigarette. the cigarette. Yeah. Over time, you take away even seeing the cigarette. Mm-hmm. You just have the feeling of boredom. Yeah. And, and then, then you light up. You and light the, up. the same goes with food or, or any other things that you have that that you developed the routine, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That you set up the that you set up the stimulus and mm-hmm. you set up the, you know, the reward for. Mm-hmm. So, what's important about all this? I think most important to think about Pavlov and what I was just saying about the primitive brain is understanding that that really is where mm-hmm. uh, those types of responses yeah. live. And it and it's unconscious, right? It's an unconscious, mm-hmm. and it's it's very low level mm-hmm. responding because you got this boredom feeling right mm-hmm. and you instead of taking executive action over it mm-hmm. your body just goes oh mm-hmm. I'll go get a cigarette so that part the evolved brain and the prefrontal cortex and executive function is where we need to break the cycle in terms of creating habits and how we can actually change a bad habit mm-hmm and build a good habit mm-hmm. we have to to basically understand that every time that we feel bored we need to step back and understand that first of all we're feeling bored not because of some just inherent reaction mm-hmm. you know it's not a flight or flight reaction it's not the necessary for survival and it's something that we're thinking that is causing us to feel bored Mm -hmm. that leads us to an action such Mm -hmm. as picking up a cigarette which is then getting a desired an undesirable result which is Mm -hmm. developing a smoking habit yeah and ultimately to break the chain of habits we have to choose different thoughts Mm -hmm. which create different feelings so we're Mm -hmm. not bored and that we take different actions and we get different results Mm mm-hmm Ultimately, <laughs> that's kind of where we have landed with um, our habit mindset. Yeah, it's it's when we make a conscious effort, mm-hmm. and that's you make the decision to do these things. When you feel something, rather than going into the autopilot, mm-hmm. you consciously say, 
I will do this rather than what the automatic response may have been. Mm -hmm. That process of really taking a step back that we are, as humans, we are capable of doing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the whole beauty of it. The dogs, they don't have the prefrontal cortex ability to to sidestep that <laughs> yeah, and say, hold on a second, there's no <laughs> foot, that's just a bell. <laughs> and so we need to be able to engage that prefrontal cortex and really, and it's not easy, you know? I, it's not easy. <laughs> you, do, you really do have to stop and check yourself. Yes, and mm-hmm. you have to, and it's not only like a lot of us, we're not, we can stop ourselves and check ourselves and think to ourselves, okay, we don't want to do that. We want to do something else. Mm-hmm. But I would say we need to even go deeper and we need to figure out what it is that is causing us to, to feel. To get there in the first right? place. Yeah. Whatever that is. And you have to break that cycle. Mm-hmm. You can change your, you can change a habit. You can change your behavior. But if you really want to, you know, just by by sheer willpower, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can just mind over matter it and you can say, okay, I today, you know, I am going to mm-hmm. not just, I think we talked about before, like I'm not going to eat chocolate, you mm-hmm. know, you can kind of, but that only lasts for so long. Yeah. And ultimately to internalize habits, we yeah. have to use that prefrontal cortex, determine what thoughts yeah. are going to lead us to the feelings that mm-hmm. create the best actions that deliver the best results. Yeah. Yeah. So it's figuring out that why in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. The why for you and the why for you is different, you know, for mm-hmm. everybody, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. what motivates me might not motivate you and mm-hmm. vice versa. But understanding that your feelings, right, are 100% a result of the thoughts that you have. Mm-hmm is the first step and understanding that even in within a habit that you've formed. Um, and I, oh, there was a study in this one I loved. I mean, I loved it because there's, there's a lot of people that get, um, that feel really discouraged and really hopeless when it comes to overcoming bad habits. Mm-hmm. And some people want to even believe that it's not them <laughs> that mm-hmm. they've created the habits that they're, and, and certainly there are uh, plenty of things that people that 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 society has provided to us that make it that make our brain that trick our mm-hmm. brain, right? Yeah, like so, uh, smoking and and uh, drugs and these are all pleasure pleasure centers for the brain. They mm-hmm. they deliver a kind of false pleasure for mm-hmm. us, and they become habit forming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people want to say, well, you know, you become addicted to smoking because nicotine right Mm -hmm. they want to believe that it's the nicotine that that keeps them there and not their Mm -hmm. own brain (laughs) Mm -hmm. this study so what i'm saying is that i and and they they feel powerless because the nicotine is the thing that's keeping them there right yeah they try chewing gum they try patches whatever and it doesn't work what i think is inspiring about what i'm going to say next about this study is that ultimately there's a whole huge part of even the most destructive habits that are driven by, not habits, by um, addictions or mm-hmm. things of that nature that are driven by habit. Mm-hmm. 
even the strongest negative behaviors that we may do on a repetitive basis, it, it can't always be attributed to um, all the high sugar content in food. Like if mm-hmm. you have a real sweet tooth, people say, oh, I just, you know, I can't stop eating whatever. Mm-hmm. And they attribute it to this. <laughs> Their sweet tooth. Right people drink too much or drink more than they want to and they say that the alcohol they're addicted to the alcohol in actuality a lot of it is habit based yeah and so this study was done um, a long time ago uh, 2005 um, basically on um, orthodox Jews who were smokers Mm -hmm. well orthodox Jews refrain from smoking on the sabbath as a part of their religion. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of their, you know, it's just yeah. fundamentally That's who they what are. you do. Yeah. Yeah. And they took a look at them and they actually um, assessed them at three times over a given w- work week. Mm-hmm. These are habit, you know, smokers, mm-hmm. right? And they found that on a work day when they were smoking as usual, um, they, they, like I said, they, they had these, these smokers, they test them. They had, uh, on a work day where they smoked as usual, they tested them on a Sabbath when they never smoke mm-hmm. and they, um, on a forced abstinence work day. Okay. okay. So they had these three different days. Mm-hmm. So craving irritability and other commonly reported smoking withdrawal systems were assessed and, uh, respectively at several times during, you know, each of the three days. Yeah. yeah. And what they found, um, that craving to smoke, and to a lesser extent, irritability was lower during the Sabbath than the other two test days. Mm-hmm. So because they had accepted that they weren't right. going to, and these do guys it that, that day. right, they they so self-reported difficulty in abstaining was also lower on the Sabbath than other work days. Craving in the evening preceding the test day was always significantly higher than in the next morning, despite overnight abstinence before the morning. So it's like the brain is mm-hmm. just incredible that it's it's the craving to smoke is determined by a large extent by smoking related habits cues and expectations Mm -hmm. so that to me is like i i love that type of research because that basically says that you can by action yeah change what your brain you know yeah because because you have taken the decision or, or the pledge not to smoke on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. then that's it. You you're, you yeah, have you allowed yourself to survive without it. Yeah, and you're you're all good. That's right. that's fine. You don't do it that day, so yeah, you just get on with it. It's very interesting though, because mm-hmm. you wonder then. Okay, so then if that, and and we'll talk about again about this later as we're talking next week about actual steps to build habits, about how they might use that as a as a building block to get to the next to, step. To the next yeah. step of mm-hmm. taking, you know, not smoking on weekends, then mm-hmm. not smoking, on, you know, and, and slowly but surely, so they become non-smokers. Mm-hmm. Decisions can be motivated by uh, thoughtful consideration from our higher mind, right? That frontal lobe. Mm-hmm. Or they can be motivated by fear-based survival instincts mm-hmm. um, from a more primitive mind. Mm-hmm. And when decisions are informed by our higher mind, they are more likely to lead to positive outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, decisions driven by our survival instincts tend to hold us back. Mm-hmm. Uh, ingrained reactions, behavior patterns, and inner dialogues that could have been shaped when we were kids um, 
can also persist into adulthood. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that we need to, when we're talking about habits, Yeah, we can also talk about, you know, there, there, people have emotional response habits, right? The yeah. way you result, the way mm-hmm. you react mm-hmm. to different situations. And that could very well be, um, something that's, that's being triggered from that primitive, that primitive yeah. brain. Yeah. And it's, it's like people who blame things on situations, you know, that, this happened yeah whenever so now this is just the way i am and it's that's not how it was. well it is i mean it could very well that doesn't be. have to always yeah, be right, like that right you know that's your choice to say oh well i'm sorry this happened to me and so this is this is this is what this is how i am now but it you can make these choices to change things and react differently and behave differently and you know and that's 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 the whole thing about this is although we have this primitive brain we do have the option of making choices to change things and it's it is as simple as I mean not simple as but the very first step in all of this is the awareness Mm -hmm. and I think that's really where we're coming from is just trying to help people understand and create awareness Mm -hmm. in their own lives of the existence of this primitive brain and these Mm -hmm. primitive reactions and the the and also the existence of our uh, prefrontal cortex and our executive function and Mm -hmm. that these two pieces of our brain um, are there they're active in our lives every single day and we have the option and really that's the whole thing if you're you know you're gliding along and life's going smooth for you that's one thing Mm -hmm. okay but like I just mentioned, if you are not using your prefrontal cortex to look ahead mm-hmm. and to set yourself up for aging with optimism, with success and mm-hmm. avoiding things like uh, type two diabetes yeah, and Alzheimer's uh, and all these mm-hmm. things, you know, you are not using your executive function mm-hmm. just because you're not scared to death of it right now. <laughs> And creating a, you know, reacting to it, mm-hmm. you have to be, you have to be smarter than your own brain. You know, mm-hmm. you have to use the, the part of your brain that, and, and it's granted, it basically is only 10% of your brain. 90% of us are, you know, 90% of your brain is living in that, yeah. that primordial, yeah, um, you know, caveman state. You need to, to take action. You need to decide, you need to make a cognitive decision to, uh, outwit outlast mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and uh create the habits that mm-hmm. are going to serve you in that yeah that long life yeah happy life longer mm-hmm. happier you know better uh mm-hmm. to make the rest of your life the best of your life really mm-hmm. right so next week we're going to talk about the steps to actually build new habits and you know we'll be talking about the habit loop Mm-hmm. which is all about the cue, the routine, the reward. We're going to talk about how we can use both our primitive brains and our executive brains to build new habits. I want to leave everybody with one note here about a couple of notes, I guess. But they say enthusiasm is common and commitment is rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in a research by the Journal of Clinical Psychology, approximately 54% of people who resolve to change their way- ways fail to make transformation last beyond six months. Mm-hmm. 
and the average person made the same life resolution 10 times over without success. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, there's work to be done. Yeah. And um, to that end, this I love. This is a quote by L.G. Elliott. The long span of the bridge of your life is supported by countless cables called habits, attitudes, and desires. What you do in life depends upon what you are and what you want. What you get from life depends upon how much you want it. How much are you willing to work and plan to cooperate and use your resources? The long span of the bridge of your life is supported by countless cables that you are spinning now. And that is why today is such an important day make the cables strong yeah (laughs) so next week we will talk more about building strong cables Mm -hmm. (laughs) building those good habits and how to do it and really uh i think just reiterate step by step how you can make positive changes in your life make the rest of your life the best of your life and uh live happier longer yeah and getting ready for next week Uh, we will, in our show notes, we've included our take on uh, the habit scorecard. This is something that we borrowed from uh, James Clear Mm -hmm. and the Atomic Habits. But uh, basically, you're going to start thinking about everything that you do in your day Mm -hmm. that's a habit already. Yeah. And what we said before is, you know, the awareness of the habit Mm -hmm. is the first step. Right. And I mean, we want it to go from just like you said, like from get out of bed, (laughs) brush my teeth, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to mark those habits as either positive, negative or neutral. Yeah. And so this is simply a scorecard that allows you to understand how much of your life is a habit Habit based. Yeah. Yeah. So get ready for that. Look for it in our show notes. And if you're on our newsletter list you'll you'll get that in this week's newsletter as well and we'll see you all next week thanks for listening to the live happier longer podcast now it's time to move learn share give and let go five daily habits to make the rest of your life the best of your life see you next week so happy to have you here and hope you're enjoying our podcast if you haven't done it already we hope you'll hit the subscribe button and if you can even take a minute and leave us a review that would be fantastic plus we would love for you to follow us on all of our social media where you can find us at the habit mindset on facebook instagram twitter or pinterest And one more thing before you go if you would like a free copy of the habit mindset poster just send us a quick note to info at fiveforlife.co. That's info at fiveforlife.co. Put the subject line free poster and you'll get yours today. See you next week.